special Menagerie the Movie Event edition of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. We are live. <laughs> and we must support the integrity of the line, which means nobody sits in front of the restroom. Nobody sits in front of the restroom and no splinter lines. No splinter <laughs> you, you are not allowed to go off and form your own line. <laughs> It's just not done. No. And if management came and offered some people special things, you're not allowed to take it because no. the line must stay together. Oh, God, there's so many rules. <laughs> what worries me. <sighs> well, let's see. What time is it? It's, I don't know. It's 6.30. So usually they start letting you in about half an hour before okay. the thing actually starts. So I'm curious to see how many people show up by 7 o'clock. Yes. If we recognize anybody here. Yes. Oh, you know, um, Sean Dickin, who we saw at yes. Texas, said he was going to be here, so we should look for him. Look for him. Okay, That would be cool. good. Yeah. And, you know, I, I keep thinking that I'll put some business cards in my little recording gear thing, and I never do. Mm. Even though we have lots of them. And more postcards, because I had more made. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, we got to start doing that. Well, I wore my T-shirt. Yeah, your T-shirt looks fabulous. Sadly. It's, it's the autographed one. Yeah. <gasps> From William Shatner. We, we forgot to bring cameras. Yeah. Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were sitting here talking. Well, we are, but we're recording too. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> I wanted to give the real, you know, cinema verite thing. Oh, okay. All so. right. I figured we'd just talk, okay. like we do when we're sitting All right. around. Since so, most of our podcasts are basically us sitting around talking yeah. like we do. Yeah, but now we're in a new location. Yeah. We're sitting outside the ladies' room. <laughs> Live from outside the ladies' room. <laughs> At the fabulous Regal Cinemas. We we're, we're fourth and fifth. We are. We're so excited. We are. We're so excited. See, now we're going to see a movie that's not rated, so we were wondering if we were going to have to produce some ID or something. We could do that. If they, they wanted to. Um, and we're also, I, I am really wondering about whether we're going to get thrown out because... No, we're going to behave ourselves because I want to see the whole thing. You sure we can behave ourselves? Yes, yes. We, we'll just do a lot of nudging and... and you know, I just, I just don't know how much I could control myself when there's going to be like butt cleavage and and Kirk Kirklight on the big screen of young butt Kirklight Kirk 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 goodness and hotness and charm Kirkly charming hotness. I will I will have melted into a puddle by the time it's over. There will be nothing left of me. I know, I know. I'll just be a puddle of kitties. <laughs> I'm really, really hoping that there are enough people in the audience who are going to be just as fangirly over the beautifulness of Kirk. I think there must be. Well, right now, four out of five people in this line are women, <laughs> which speaks That's well. Good. That's very, very good. Oh, and we'll get to laugh at Spock shouting. Yes. And firing now. And the half Vulcan science officer. <laughs> I've been thinking about that all day. You know what that is like? That's like something a little kid would do. <laughs> what is your rank? I'm the half Vulcan science officer. You know, that's official. It is. It's, it's like there's there's one assigned every ship or something. It's not only his rank, but it, it's his racial identification as yeah. well. Yeah. You have to do that. So does, when Kirk's signing the spanking list underneath it, does it say white guy captain? <laughs> from Iowa. <laughs> to where you're from. Very, very important. Wow. Oh, 
that's very funny. I was explaining to someone today about um, what we were doing tonight, and uh, I, I pulled up the website for Fathom Entertainment, people who are running this thing, and I was pointing to the picture of, of Pike in the wheelchair, and I said, you see the actor who plays this guy? <laughs> He's nuts. <laughs> he is. He is the biggest non-fan Trek wacko I've ever met. <laughs> And I think he outwackos some of the most of the fans I've met. He does, I, I think so, because he tossed. You know, the thing that struck me about his wackoness was just that he tossed off that whole stuff about the government experiments in time travel so casually. I know, like he was just talking about the weather, or, or you know, remember that series that used to be on TV? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, remember the government time travel experiments? You guys know about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, we do, Sean Kenny. Sure, we do. Um, you just keep on talking. I was thinking about. That and, and Crazy Pike the other night because I was watching um, Deja Vu. What's Deja Vu? It's a, a Denzel Washington movie uh-huh. with, you know, government-sponsored time travel. And <laughs> there you go. It, it really makes no sense. But, um, and it's got the same guy who's in all the movies now playing a geek. He's got really thick, weird hair, so it looks like he's wearing, like, a checkoff wig, but I think it's his real hair and a beard. I don't know his name. But this movie... It runs entirely on the fact that Denzel Washington is an extremely charming and watchable actor, and I, I like him a lot. But the same is also true of his new movie that's out, um, where he plays the drug dealer, American Gangster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw the commercials for that, and it looked sort of exciting. It doesn't get exciting until the last half hour or so. We were here an hour ago, and there was nobody here. And again, I was just like, why am I watching this? It's really standard cop and gangster movie. I didn't find it so special. So is the hook supposed to be just because he's black? No, his blackness has nothing to do with it. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, that's interesting. Well, I mean, it does have something to do with it because it's based on a true story of this black guy who was a huge major drug dealer. Okay, well, that's good to know. Since I don't really go to the movies, I wasn't really planning I on I go a lot. That. Yeah, I know. I know and the do. next time I see my sister, we're planning a triple header. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see National Treasure, The Book of Secrets. Oh, that's right. You were telling me about that. And we're going to see, oh, I forget the name of the movie, but it's um, it's a takeoff on like rock biographies. Oh, yeah? And it looks really fun. Oh, cool. And then she wants to see... Um, Sweeney Todd, which is a show I absolutely adore, but I saw the coming attraction, and uh, it doesn't look like Johnny Depp can really sing. That's too bad. Yeah. 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 And I don't like Tim Burton films either. Mm. But she wants to see it, and nobody else will go with her, so I'll probably end up doing it. Yeah, that's probably an obligation that you have. Yes. Well, I think as we we were talking about last time, they're doing some interesting holiday movies over at the Cerrito Speakeasy. Not the El Cerrito Speakeasy, but the Cerrito Cerrito Speakeasy. So uh, we might do some of that and talk about that, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk with Will again. I'm definitely going to Robin in the Seven Hoods, and I wrote to Will and asked him, if he wanted the music from it, because I've ripped oh, all that from the DVD, yeah, yeah. and he wrote back and said he he has the album, oh. so he didn't need it. But I'm also trying to get people together to go to White Christmas because I love White Christmas. It's so hokey. You know, I think we may have talked about this before. I actually have a slight um, preference for Holiday Inn, just because Fred Astaire is in it. Oh, okay. And I really love Fred Astaire, and I just think he's such a charming drunk in that movie. <laughs> 
Well, he is. Yep. And he does the firecracker dance. And yep. Yep. So those those things about it, I, I really enjoy. But white Christmas is good too. It's in color. It is. It's in Technicolor, as a matter of fact. Vista Vision. Is it really Vista Vision? It's Vista Vision. And it just leaps off the screen at you. It so does. Really and bright, uh, bright and it has rosemary cleaning. Yeah. Well, I love. always plus. I love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've really strayed off topic. <laughs> Shall we so that's new? speculate about what the making of thing is supposed to be? Oh, I don't know. I was wondering if it would be some of the stuff we saw at the Sacramento Con. Last that's what year. I'm wondering is, is is it a little film at of like the Okudas and I'm guessing. I don't think it's about making of menagerie. No. But making of the cleaned up digital. You think they'll talk to Sean Kenny? <laughs> If they did, I'm sure he ends up on the cutting room floor because it's all part of that government conspiracy yeah. to keep all the people who know about these, the Philadelphia experiment um, from, from ever having a voice in a public forum. I'm guessing that part of it will be the thing we saw in Sacramento, but probably updated because now that the DVDs are about to be out, mm-hmm. like next week, I guess. It is next week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I just got a, an email from Amazon saying I could pre-order. Uh, uh, they'll probably have just some more information about um, some of the, the things that they've done since a year and a half ago, or a year mm-hmm. ago, since we saw them. Do you think they'll develop prizes? For what? I don't know, maybe they'll do a trivia contest like um, Stump the Captain when Lee did it. And like the trivia contest Will did, which I totally love. That's so rocked. Here, you want it? It's my kind of trivia contest. Well, I liked when he was just making up questions and answers, and no matter what you said, it was right. So keeps everybody happy. It's true. Uh, I don't know. I kind of don't think it's going to be that participatory. I think it's going to be more like a movie. Like a movie. Yeah. yeah. Like a movie. Hey, wouldn't that be cool if they had a cartoon like Futurama beforehand? <laughs> the Trek episode. That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, or something from the animated series. Yeah. You know, that was something, that was one of the prizes that Will gave out. I don't know if you caught that. What? At Chatfest. Um, one of the, the bootleg prizes that he was giving away was that episode of Futurama burned to DVD. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I know. I, I know. It was just very, very special. Yeah. People They're reminding us, no recording devices, got to turn off my phone. Yeah, I got to turn off the phone. We'll have to turn this off before things start so we don't get in trouble. We have hooked up with Francine and Matt. Yes. Who went to Shatfest a year ago with us. Look, look, look. Bill, Bill. Oh, we'll be shown in its original television format. This is very, very, very So is the screen going to be this big? (laughs) With commercials, too. Oh, goody. And look, they've even got crazy pike up there. I know. That's what I was showing my friend today. That I was like, look, that guy. That's the guy. There's a lot of people here. So I wonder if um, if they'll show coming attractions. That would be fun. That would be really fun. So as Well, if J.J. Abrams has any sense, he threw something together to show at this. Very, very exciting. I'm so jazzed. We're going to so get jazzed. a theater. We're going to see Star Trek on the big screen. Yay! The St. Olaf Christmas Festival. (laughs) 
you know, when Jimmy was in uh, choir, they, they sang at that St. Olaf Christmas Festival. Well, I'm Very proud of him. I sent pictures to his dad in outer space. I had been reading somewhere about how a lot of companies, like the company that's putting on this thing tonight is called Fathom Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And this this sort of secondary use of movie theaters for things that aren't actually movies, like simulcasting of opera and things mm-hmm. like that, is it, it turning into a huge industry. Yes, well, they're doing it with a Garth Brooks concert. Yeah, it's a great way for people to see an event without actually having to travel there. Mm-hmm. It fills up the theater, and it's just... Um, a good way to use different kinds of media, like uh, mm-hmm. repurposing. That's the word I'm searching for here. Yes, it's a repurposing of media. All right. By using it for other things. So I'm glad that they're taking advantage of it because I, yes. I think it is a really fun thing to do. And it's, it's so much cheaper when they're doing something like this. You know, they can make a million copies of it and put it in a million theaters. Wouldn't it be fun if a theater did like a regular... Um like Thursday night thing where they showed all the truck episodes on the big screen. That would be so awesome. You know, starting out in order and that would be you could buy like a a, 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 a series pass. ticket, a season pass. <laughs> yeah, oh that would be so cool. That is great. Maybe you and I should host something like that. Uh where? At your house? No, <laughs> at a theater, you know, and charge people to come. Oh, we could I we probably couldn't get permission from Paramount is the issue I Bastards. think. We yeah. cut them in. Well, I don't know, maybe they will. Maybe now that they have the remastered stuff out, you know, they maybe would be so. a little more open. This is certainly the first time they've done something like this. I know. Yeah. So, so fun. So great. fun. <sighs> and we're here with our people, with the, our peeps. the Star Trek geeks. Yep. Uh, what time is it? It's now uh, almost 10, 10 after. after yeah. Well, I'm going to um, take a break. Yes. Go get popcorn and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then come back. Okay, that sounds good. Oh, and they're advertising seeing Olaf again. We just got out of the theater, and we're sitting in the mobile podcasting unit, which isn't mobile for once. No, for once it's not moving. It's stationary. Yeah. Yeah. But it could move. Oh, so that was um, two hours worth of stuff. Um, Yes. So there was, let's see, uh, about 20 minutes worth of special stuff before, Mm -hmm. and then about, what, just a couple minutes of stuff at the end, right? Right. Yeah. A lot of which was reminders to us to buy the DVDs that are coming out next yeah. week. Don't forget to buy those DVDs. Okay. What should I not forget? Don't, don't forget the DVDs. They're coming out next week. Did next I say week. that already? Okay. Next week. Next week. Don't All forget right. to buy Good. them. Good. Got to buy those. <laughs> buy. Buy. Buy the DVDs. Buy. 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 Uh, the introductory segment was hosted by son of Roddenberry. Uh, Eugene Roddenberry Jr. Jr. Yes. Um, and he talked a little bit about the remastering. They showed a bunch of clips, some of which were recycled from the thing we saw in Sacramento, right. especially the stuff about the music. I recognize that Yes, footage. me too. And they showed more stuff, which was good, mm-hmm. and talked about respecting the original series and not wanting to screw it up and how they replaced different space shots, things like that. So that was cool. And uh, there was some humorous stuff added to it, too. Like at the very end of the, the whole long thing, they said, buy the DVDs and you'll get to see the Gorn blink. <laughs> and we did. And we did. We did. Which was very cool. 
And then at the end, it was basically saying, don't forget to buy the, the next set of DVDs when they come out in January. But <laughs> the best part was that they chose, of course, the most exciting clips. They showed stuff from Mirror Mirror, which was awesome. They showed Uhura smacking Sulu down, which yes. is just wonderful. Um, they showed stuff from Amok Time, mm -hmm. which was also really great. Kurt getting his shirt sliced and that look of surprise. Yeah, on his and they face. showed the flying <gasps> butt kick when he fights the Orion. Yes, which was very good. And, and then they showed the best shot of all of oh, the page down. <gasps> and our entire <laughs> row, well, at least the three of us sitting right in the middle, sucked all the air we out went, of the theater <gasps> with our massive oh, gas. Because he looked so incredible. Oh my God. I mean, and he I did, looked so naked. A, a full body shot from waist up <laughs> waist up waist up we're going to imagine that it was the rest of him being naked on the screen filling the screen with Shatnerness. Oh, it was amazing it was amazing <laughs> that was great <laughs> so there was menagerie and I barely remembered any of the actual plot stuff that happened and now that I've seen I mean at the end I, I was following guys like Okay, so how do they eventually convince Kirk that it's okay to let Pike go down there on the planet? And now that I'm thinking about it, it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It, it still absolutely does not make any sense. And, you know, um, Pike blinking, yes, how maybe that's an illusion, you know? Yeah, and, and then I don't get the whole thing about Vina, right? Mm -hmm. So she was an adult, and they kept her down there, and they brought Pike there because they needed a mate for her. But if they really were more concerned about her having a mate and then wanting her to stay at the end, why did they spend all that time punishing her? Well, and the other thing is they've had Vina for 13 years. Yeah, something, no, more than that, I think. I think it was 18 years. No, he said 13 years. Really? When, when, yeah. Okay. Okay. But anyway, um, so, so it was 13 years ago. They've had Vina for 13 years, and they had Pike for six hours. Mm-hmm. And in that time, they probe his mind and find out humans aren't suitable for this. Yeah. So is it only male humans who carry the uh, the uh, the uh, live free or die gene? I, I don't know. I, it was that whole thing just really did not make a lot of sense. So then, I guess you were supposed to assume when they left, when the Enterprise left there the first time, they just left her there, <laughs> and like. That was it, and they put the death sentence on that planet. I mean, this poor woman, they left her on this planet all by herself with mm -hmm. these big-headed aliens who were going to go back to presumably punishing her if she, she thought the wrong thing. I guess. That's that's not very nice. No. That's not very Starfleet-ish. <laughs> well, that, you know, there were a, a lot of non-Starfleet-ish things as far as what, what we know Starfleet to be yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some major evolution of that organization in 13 years, mm. I think. So that just bugged me. Just thinking about that bugged me. Like, uh, the whole thing with leaving her there and then not taking her and then taking Pike back and leaving him there, I guess, until he dies. And then the fact that the Telosians say, it's you were the last hope for our species, and Pike sort of half-heartedly says, oh, maybe we could help you out. And they go, no, 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 we're too powerful for you. It's like, well, maybe not. I mean... <laughs> Just slam the door on your own species like that, why don't you? Yeah, but you know what? I think one of the things that surprised me about this episode is it was written by Roddenberry. And yeah. certainly it smacks of Roddenberry-ness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually his writing is so much worse than this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, but it was his first effort, so, you know, yeah. maybe he got a lot of stuff. Now, I was thinking about something as we were watching it. Don't you think that Talos IV is merely a setup for the Nexus? 
Well, <laughs> there are so many parallels. Parallels which I exploited to great effect yeah. in that story I wrote, yeah. whose name I can't remember. I can't remember it either, but it was a good story. Yeah, it was a good story. I had yeah. a couple of great beta readers on that. <laughs> and the, the parallels, though, that, that Trek started with disillusion versus reality, and yeah. as far as I'm concerned, ended yeah. in generations with the death of Kirk with this illusion versus reality uh -huh. stuff. So, so is that supposed to illustrate something about the respective character of our two captains, that Pike would choose to go there and Kirk would choose not to go there no matter what, no matter how good the illusion was. It's a point worth arguing because Kirk certainly appeared to be very happy in the Nexus, but he didn't know it was an illusion mm -hmm. until Picard showed up. Well, but, but as you had pointed out, he probably would have figured that out well, eventually. Because I'm a much better writer than... <laughs> <laughs> You're a much better writer of Kirk. Of Kirk, yes. yes. I have I, I, great insight into him, shirtless or not. I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, this episode needed shirtlessness. It needed, as we were saying, walking out of the theater, a good percentage more Shatner. Yeah, butt I shots, think. EVEs, shirtlessness. Although he did look beautiful oh in his dress God. uniform. Now, uh, it's my theory, which I'm going to stick with. We had noticed when watching this uh, on the big TV over at the Cerrito Speakeasy that the regular crew uniforms did not fit <laughs> at the beginning in part one, that everybody's was shrunk just mm -hmm. a little bit. And in fact, Ohura's sleeves were kind of halfway up her forearms. They yeah. like three-quarter sleeves. And I argue that it's because they blew their costuming wad on the dress <laughs> uniforms, which but they wore for the rest of the episode. But here's the thing. The, the dress uniforms, I believe, shrunk, too, because every time we've seen them after this, Spock especially looks yeah, like looks a hunched, hunched over yeah. because it's shrunk it's in shrunk. the sh shoulders. I and agree. Bill's continued to look like it fits, so I'm thinking they replaced his because he's the goddamn captain. Yeah. But anyway, that that's my theory. Okay. Well, that's what I think just in general about the costumes. Okay. They, they replaced them there. And can I say, why did they leave that jerk-off crewman in charge when Uhura clearly should have been in charge of the ship I when don't know. Spock got hauled off to the brig? That was stupid. Yeah. Just plain old stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Now, um, <laughs> things to share that are important. Um, that Miss Piper. <laughs> yes. Like, the first time she shows up, Francine, our, mm -hmm. our good friend, was sitting on the other side of me, and she leans over and goes, think he did her? <laughs> Or, of course, of course. Every woman who was around. In fact, he did the woman who was the um, the uh, stenographer. Yeah. For the court martial, that red-haired woman. Yeah, and I think that just because he's Shatner, um, Susan Oliver showed up one day oh, just to see what they were doing, and probably. he did her because you know she's in the episode. I think so. Now we were talking a little bit about who did the voice for the head telosion, mm -hmm. and I think it was Jimmy Doon. You know, once you said that, I thought you are you are right. It. it there was no credit in, in the, uh, if, if we were at a computer, we could probably Google it right now and find mm -hmm. out about it. But clearly, whoever did the voice originally for the cage, they brought back to do the voice for yes. the menagerie. Yes. It was the same voice. And uh, they didn't credit him like when he did the voice of Trelane's father. That's and right. I know he did other things. Mm -hmm. I got Speaking of voices and stuff, which always reminds me of Majel because she does the computer, mm -hmm. um, she looks so much better with dark hair. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> And blue fingernails. Yeah, blue fingernails. <laughs> that was that was so. Yes. No. It was. She she looked like a normal person. Still couldn't act very well. No, but she was better as this than than she ever was as Chapel. Yeah. In my opinion. I I agree. And I I just have to put in a word for um. Well, we could talk a little bit about the original casting. You know, uh, 
John Hoyt played the doctor. I love John Hoyt. He was in a lot of um, really good science fiction movies, and I always thought he was I like great. his 23rd century comb over. <laughs> he always struck me as, like, a very, um, at heart, a very cynical sort of guy. Mm -hmm. And you know what else I noticed about this? In the original, in the, the cage, they cast a lot of people with blue eyes. Yes. Did you notice that? Uh-huh. And they were very bright against the dark colors that they right. used. The bridge lighting for, for the original series was very much different. You know, first they weren't using the primary colors on the bridge. Mm -hmm. It was all kind of silvery black. Right. And then it was very, very dark, much like in later, say, TNG, when they did the battle bridge stuff. And it was mm -hmm. really dark looking. So that was interesting. Well, I want to talk about the darkness a little. Because... Um, this was being projected off a DVD at the end. Mm. We could see the DVD yeah, player yeah. menu, which was kind of funny. And maybe it was because of the, the projection or something. In some ways, this did not look like a real no, high-quality print. It I, looked kind of dirty, and there wasn't a lot of contrast mm -hmm. to it. I agree. I think it was because they were doing DVD projection in the theater. I think and so, too. on an actual TV screen. I think it would look a lot it better. It would look better, because we've been seeing the remastered ones on TV, and they look fabulous. But here's the thing. I was looking at the CGI parts, mm -hmm. and those looked fabulous. Mm -hmm. And it, it just set up such a, a contrast there. And I want to also talk a little bit about the CGI. When I see it on TV, I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. But when I see it, in the theater, I it, it just it so reminds me in a jarring way of uh, the style of an animation that's done now, mm -hmm. which to me, I don't know, always kind of looks like smoothed out stop motion, <laughs> highly polished figures, yeah, you know? Yeah. And this looked like that. I mean, it looked like Toy Story and stuff, and yeah. then we have these real actors. I, I think it makes a huge difference when you're seeing it in the theater and when you're seeing mm -hmm. it on the TV screen, because they're doing it for you to see it on the TV screen. Right. And in, you just have to kind of go with it for, right, for right. the theater. And it, it would, I'm sure it would look, if they were making it as a theatrical thing, it would look totally different. Mm -hmm. So... I, I agree. It does. It's a little weird. Yes. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't that much of it in this. I mean, there were the planet shots, there, but there were hardly any special effects, per no, se. No, they didn't even, it looked to me like they didn't even change the, the phaser effect. No, you're right. I think that's right. It looked the same. I also noticed, at least in this print, every time they're, they're flying through space, mm -hmm. it was the same set of stars. And I noticed oh, really? because there was one red star <laughs> that would zip by in the exact same position. <laughs> So it was kind of like the, the Flintstones. Got to get it done. Got to get it done. Get, just yep. use that yep. shot. Yep. Just get it done. Yep. Get it done. Now, get you said you're going to buy the DVDs, right? Yeah. Okay. Apparently, on these DVDs, there are some extras we're going to yes. want to look at. Mm -hmm. One is the home movies that Billy did. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> he was a guy who was um, one of the extras. He was mm -hmm. also, he had a, a, an additional technical role, though, and I can't remember what they It did. had something to do with DeForest Kelly. Maybe he was his stand-in stand or something. stand-in, I think so, yeah. But he got to play the Gorn in the close-ups, and mm -hmm. he was on the bridge in Navigation. And he played the White Rabbit. White Rabbit, and, and some other stuff. And they but were he made a lot of home movies. Yeah, which look awesome. Yes. Really good. Those are going to be fun. And they were showing Bill sort of palling around on mm -hmm. the set of uh, the one with the Organians, Errand of Mercy. Yes. Oh, here's something I wanted to talk about. I never really noticed this before. You know, through the years, um, the role of the Orions has greatly grown because of fanfic, mm -hmm. because the whole idea of mm -hmm. Orion slave girls and Orion slavers. And, and we all call them Orion pirates. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. 
although it may be an unsavory profession, it appears not to be illegal, since it's one of the things Pike says he might do if he quits. <laughs> yes, I noticed that. He might go on picnics, or he might become an Orion slaver. Yeah. So, I, I'm trying to remember if this is canon or whether I just read this in a fanfic, <laughs> that Orion itself was not part of the Federation, mm -hmm. and that they could basically do anything they wanted to, and then sometimes they would trade with Federation people, mm -hmm. but no, it wasn't illegal because they weren't part of the Federation, so they were just outside of it. Mm -hmm. Now, that might not be canon, that might be Grey Wolf or something, you know, <laughs> like somebody has put that into my head. Well, it fits perfectly, but it's just, I guess I've always had this idea, probably because of fanfic, that being a pirate, whether you're a arr. member of the Federation <laughs> or not, arr, is something that a starship captain probably would not get involved in. <laughs> but Pike's a weirdo. I mean, he really is. You well, know? yeah, you know, uh, you know, here's an interesting irony, though. Remember that that the way they punished him was to have all the flames oh, and everything? Yeah, yeah. I thought, now that is really interesting since that's pretty much basically what happened to Pike. <gasps> that's true. Oh, I never even thought of that. You're so smart. I just picked that up then. Oh, I, I never got and that. And he became Crazy Pike. <laughs> and let me just say, for the record, all that crap that Sean Kenny talked about with the acting as yeah. Pike, no, no, it didn't happen. No. There was no acting happening. There. He just had to stand there with his sit there with, with his, his mouth open and blink with, with a lot of makeup on. There was no acting involved at yeah. all. Sorry, See, I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, you look just like him. Oh, thanks you so don't much. Have the burn marks on your face. <laughs> so yeah, that. Okay, we also got to talk about Spock's hair in the cage parts. <laughs> it's it's very different than his usual hair, and it looked to me like the way Amanda would have combed it and even slicked it down maybe she, to go to Sunday school. She took the comb and she dipped it in some water. Yeah. And then she combed his hair down. Yeah. 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 That's how but it looked. You know, he didn't do as much shouting in this as no, I thought. No, he didn't. No. But he did smile a couple of times. He did smile a couple of times. It's true. Um, no, Pike is a weirdo. I mean, he's actually considering giving up being the captain of the ship because there's too much pressure on him. I mean, can you ever imagine Kirk saying anything like that? Never. That's just it. And that, to me, is one of the main reasons why I'm. they should have and gladly did reject that script because if it's supposed to be about these people on an adventure mm -hmm. and they're being led by a guy on an adventure, you don't want it to be the cranky guy. Yeah, yeah. The guy who's like, oh, shit. I'm tired of being the captain. I'm going to go be an Orion slaver instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, um, uh, oh crap, it just went out of my head. It was the thing. Oh, do you want to talk about what it says when you open up the report from Talos? <laughs> we had noticed this last week. So the, there's the part. I, I also have to say that um, the guy who plays Commodore Mendez, Malachi mm -hmm. Throne, he's great. I like he's, him a lot. He's really good. He's very good. And he, he worked really well with Shatner. I think they had worked together before. I think I actually heard them talk about that. Yeah, I in, think that Maybe might one be of those so. special editions on the Sci Fi mm -hmm. Channel. But he's very good going from, you know, sort of the Commodore role to being more pally with Jim. Mm -hmm. Like that, so I, I liked him. Um, now, it, oh yeah, so he he gives the report, which is bound like a report, like in a, some you hand space age school, way, yeah, with a little a space age lock on it. And he hands it over to Kirk, and he goes, "Here's the report on Talos Four." And he opens it up, and there's a whole bunch of text which we couldn't read because it was on the the screen for far too short a time. But it says the report was submitted by Captain Christopher Pike and half Vulcan science officer Spock. <laughs> Like, that's his rank. <laughs> yep, that's his title. The half-Vulcan science officer. And to me, that just puts it on the level with little kids playing pretend, like, yes. check gas, gas yes. okay, yes. you know. <laughs> who are you? I'm the half-Vulcan half -Vulcan science, science officer. officer. And that's how he gets introduced when they right. go meet him. This is my half-Vulcan science officer. Mm -hmm. 
And his name, oh, his name? His name is Spock. Yeah. And the other implication is that the only, not Vulcan human science officer, but it's half Vulcan. And so the implication is, what's the other half? (laughs) Obviously human, because otherwise we wouldn't even let him on the ship or something. That's right. Yes. That was too funny. Now, I just have to have a little bit of a rant here. Um, because I want to just say personally what my experiences was. So we got to the theater. We sat online for a while. We went in. We sat down. Um, we got oh. a great seat. We were sitting right in the, the front of the second row where we wanted to sit. Right. And there was an empty seat next to me, and then there were some other folks sitting there. So this guy, you were up. You were getting your popcorn. This guy comes in and sits down next to me and starts talking to me, okay? So here's just a tip. If you go to see a Star Trek movie or, in fact, any sort of event like this, and you want to chat up the girl that's sitting next to you, Here's how not to do it. The first thing is, don't say to her, are you a Trekkie? And when I said yes, he said, oh, I hardly ever see any any female Star Trek fans. I'm really surprised. It's really great to see women here. And then, if you say that to a girl and she starts in on how important women have been to fandom and Trek and starts ticking off all of the things that women have done. Oh, I wish I'd been there. Don't ignore her and talk over her while she's saying that. Oh, my God. Okay? Don't do that because you'll piss her off. Yeah. And then the next thing not to do is to argue about the remastering with her and say, no, they haven't done anything except the ship shot. They haven't done anything on the bridge. And I said, yes, they have. No, they haven't. Yes, they have. No, they haven't. <laughs> okay, I was watching an episode just the other night, and as we had observed on the bridge, they had replaced the images in all those panels above mm-hmm. Spock Station and Uhura Station. I said they were all replaced with new images. And he kind of went, oh, okay. And then just started talking about how he was so surprised that women were into Trek because it's all about things that boys really like, like outer space and blah, 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 blah. Did and you tell him about Kirk White and Rip Shirts and no, EVEs? No, at this point, you came He would have gotten up and moved away. I was waiting for you to come back, and <laughs> I just started talking to Francine because I just didn't want to hear his shit anymore. But he probably creeped me out. Yeah. And, and saying that to someone in the beginning of a movie, it's just a creepy thing to do. So... To the guy who sat next to me, you're an asshole. Fuck off. Yes. <laughs> I wish you had enlightened him, though, because I think he would have gotten up and moved away. Because remember, he's like that guy who got scared that he might be gay after he <laughs> listened to our podcast. Because suddenly he started looking for EVEs. Oh, that's true. You know, I was just a little too angry to, to yeah. think about the thing that would have made him leave. Yeah. And I kind of had to scoot myself over and sit closer to you during the theater, which was fine. Yeah, and I'm totally comfortable with it. So Yeah, so anyway, so just a tip wow. for our listening Well, audience. I'm sorry you had to put up with that, That's but okay. I was in I the slowest popcorn line <laughs> yes, I, I have ever been in. But um, theater was full of geeks, which mm-hmm. was great. People laughed at the right parts and yes. applauded at other the parts. The women! Yeah. <laughs> Everybody laughed at that. So it was really, really nice to, to be part of a crowd like that. Yes. It was very, yes. very good. Uh, and we were sort of speculating at the end, you know, would they do this again when they release the second set of DVDs? And what would they show if they wanted to make it a theatrical release? My vote is definitely for a double bill of um, Mirror, Mirror, and Amok Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. That would be sweet. I would like that a lot. Yeah. i got to say, the, the trailer trailer for the second season was pretty heavy on the ship porn. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we get another close-up of the ship, please? Just bring a little closer to the camera. Well, that's because, you know... That's the thing that guys are interested in, and 95% of Trek fans are guys. Yeah, as we know. Yeah. God. But they did have some beauty shots of Kirk. You know, they had, you know, this shot with Marlena, and we're going to bring her up 
<laughs> sort of. And, uh, you know, the like you said, the um, the page down shot the page and all of that. Down you know, and they did show Chekhov in the agony booth, which made yes! me laugh. <laughs> that was like the first thing they showed. Yeah, and I, of course, I was the only one in the whole theater who's <laughs> laughing when they're showing Chekhov in the agony no, booth. No, I was laughing. Because I was thinking about putting the quarters in the machine <laughs> at the space diner. <laughs> so... Yeah. Oh, so it was pretty cool. It was. It was way cool. Yeah. So we need more events like this. We do. We need to have more things like that. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. I think so. Uh, hopefully, you got to see it. If you did get to see it, please write us and tell us what the experience is like. Yes. We'd love to hear from people all over the place throughout the United States. They're showing it in Europe. They're showing it in Australia. Yes. Not in New Zealand. We checked. Um, but in Australia. So we would just love to hear what other people did and what the crowds were like. Uh, yes, if, if your crowd was like really rowdy or if you yeah. were the only one there, yeah. you know, what was the deal? It would be great to hear. Yeah, because they are showing it again on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you still good. have time. Yes. All right, well, that'll do it for now. Um, we'll be back next time with a, a regular look at his butt edition. Okay. Yeah.